When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Yes, it is indeed the overnight crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. Crystal clear through the SEN app, of course, and through your digital radio dials. Paul Sebastiani with you in the studio, taking you right up to 3 a.m. across the eastern coast of Australia. Be careful if you're driving out in Victoria as well. Uh, there is uh, plenty of ugly weather uh, that has been surrounding Melbourne and uh, and Victoria in the last couple of hours. Manicato Stakes meeting was called off and uh, the Manicato Stakes, a group one sprint over 1,200 metres, is going to be in line with the uh, Cox Plate meeting tomorrow. So it's going to look, it looks like it's going to be 11 races tomorrow at Mooney Valley. But joining us back on the line is the inner sanctums, John O'Baruch, to talk all things T. 20 cricket. Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, Zimbabwe through to the Super 12 section of the T20 World Cup after defeating Scotland by five wickets tonight. Ireland as well defeating the West Indies uh, by nine wickets uh, in the earlier game. But uh, John, have we got you on the line now? Should be all clear. Yeah, got me back loud and clear, mate. There we go. That's much, much better. All right, let's talk us through these, these T20 games that occurred today. We'll, we'll start with the more recent one of uh, Scotland and uh, and Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe winning by five wickets. I mean, Bloodstone Arena, and, you know, I don't think we were never going to get a, a sellout crowd or anything like that, but by golly, just these Zimbabwean fans really got around it, didn't they? They got an exceptional week of cricket down there in Hobart. It was um, a really great group. Uh, we were mentioning before, I think the line was a bit dodgy, but they coming into today Group B, and for every single team that was winning goes through. Every team had a win. It was exactly what you wanted. And I think the, the, the second game in particular, T20 cricket works in such ebbs and flows and different wins. And you see the wind vis and the wind predictor on the bottom of your screen as part of the star sport graphic. That can change and swing so drastically depending on the type of situation in the game. And for Zimbabwe to get it get over the line and get over the line the way that they did with um, a boundary to win the game and of course the fans travel all around they can of course travel back to Australia to the World Cup first time first time Zimbabwe's been back in the World Cup since the 2015 World Cup in Australia and it's the first time Paulus since they've made the Super Twelves in a T20 World Cup since this. Um, iteration of the T20 World Cup. If you remember way back in 2007 in the first T20 World Cup where they actually beat Australia in the Australia's first pool game. But it's it's a big moment for Zimbabwe cricket and to be held over to be helped over the line by their senior pros, the captain Craig Irvine, Sikanda Raza, who's so far and away their best batter and their best bowler and helped as helped at the top, although he didn't make any runs today. Um 
Wesley Mataveri as well. That their senior guys got them over the line, and it was um as as you said, the scenes down there in Hobart <laughs> were, were unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, if you were tuning in, it was it was sensational. Great, great to see Zimbabwe get over the line and and get themselves into the into the Super 12 section of the of the T20 World Cup. And uh, while the other games today that we saw, Ireland were getting in by the skin of its teeth. I know they won uh, convincingly against the West Indies, but uh, they finished second in their qualifying group. And uh, while they, they chased down the West Indies 147-run total with, with absolute ease, Gareth Delaney, man of the match, after scoring, uh, after bowling three, for 16 off of his four overs, Paul Sterling, 66 off 48. Lorcan Tucker, 45 off uh, his 35 deliveries. Can Ireland do a little bit of damage coming into the uh, coming into the Super 12 phase of the T20 World Cup, Jono? Well, they're in a wide open group. The Ireland have now gone into the group with um, Australia and England and, and New Zealand. So it's um, pretty tough with them. Um, spots in the next round very very tight it's only the top two in each group that go through but they certainly can on their day they've got they've certainly got the experience and they've got this nice mix of youth now as well Ireland like Curtis Camphar if you remember he took a four wickets and four bells at the last World Cup and has had some very impressive cameos so far Harry Tector as well and he's and you couple that with the experience of a George Stockwell and the captain, Andrew Balberg, at the top of the order. Pearl Sterling, you mentioned his knock. He's been at every single World Cup that Ireland has competed in. And again, just showed his experience today. He was 66, really blasting the West Indies out of it in the power play, really, and um, knocking them, sending them crashing out of the tournament. So I don't know how much damage they'll be able to do, but they are in that group in, in Australia. They will play a game at the MCG, believe it or not, Ireland. They'll play England at the MCG on Wednesday afternoon before they play Australia at the Gabba on Friday night. So it's, it's an exciting group already, that group one, which has, which has Australia, New Zealand, England, Afghanistan, and now Sri Lanka and Ireland who have qualified for that. So that's that's... Definitely an exciting group. I reckon, I reckon we might get a little bit of noise at the MCG because, you know, there are plenty of Irish tourists that do the rounds across across Melbourne and I reckon they'd be keen to keen to get an eye on the cricket and, and have a pint at the G. There's nothing nothing better than that, I don't think, with the weather starting to warm up, uh, Jono. But uh, let, let, let's focus on these Aussies. Now, we know coming into this tournament, they haven't really been in the, uh, in the greatest of form with regards to winning. Uh, but there have been signs to show that maybe they're coming out of this form slump. Obviously, losing by six runs against India in the official T20 uh, World Cup lead-up and then losing that little mini-series against England 2-zip. But I think the story of the build-up was Aaron Finch getting back into form with the Willow uh, against India. Good signs coming into the tournament for Australia, or is there still still a lot to work on, you think? Oh, it's fantastic signs that Aaron found some runs in that warm-up game. It was a bit of a farce in the way that it ended for Australia, and they wouldn't be happy for that. But for for those types of games, particularly those unofficial warm-up games, you want to get out, you want to have a bit of a run, you want to have a hit. And for Aaron to do that, especially when he's got to go out and face a ball against Trent Bolt, who he admitted today has got his, had his number in all forms of cricket. The, the, the best type of currency that you can have in cricket is runs. And, with your last hit to come up with a 70-odd, as Aaron has, 
it's um it's very very important it's definitely going to hold him in good stead and I'm, if i if i'd shock you i'll, I'll love to say that it's you can shock me mate in, you can shock me <laughs> it's meant to rain in sydney tomorrow, <laughs> which, um, might, which might wreak a little bit of cut get a havoc with the game and the way that Australia might go into this game, um, setup wise, and a bit of talk that they might go the second spinner, okay, and play and play an Ashton Agar, but I do think they are going to go their best eleven, which will be Warner Finch at the top of the order. Then you've got the all rounder and the all rounders and power of um, Marsh, Maxwell, Stoyness, Tim David, and Matthew Wade, the finishers, and then the quick bowlers and Zampa, which um should be Australia's best 11 for the rest of the tournament. Okay. You've always got to start with best 11. You've always got to, you've always got to make your mark early. Otherwise, you can be chasing tail very, very quickly in the next of these. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Now, just before we get on to WBBL and, uh, and Shield cricket, uh, from your perspective heading into this T20 tournament, is there, I mean, outside of all the, you know, all the big guns, Australia, uh, England, India, is there a team that could potentially from an underdog perspective, maybe surprise a few that, that you've really liked in the lead-up to this tournament? Yeah, it's interesting, Paolo. I'm looking at a couple of teams from Group B. Pakistan have really... The, the last few years, Pakistan have really gone through a bit of a renaissance in T20 cricket. And, of course, it would be remiss of us not to mention that massive clash at the G on Sunday. Hopefully, the weather stays stays away it's going to be it's going to be absolutely massive over a hundred thousand people cramming in for india pakistan well over well over hundreds of millions of people around the world watching mm-hmm. them so pakistan are a very interesting team to watch but the team that i'm probably most intrigued by this tournament is south africa they've um haven't always had the easiest run particular with that particularly with um keeping their players. Obviously, Cricket South Africa is going through a bit of a financial and board battle as well. But I just think with the way that this T20 team has been tracking recently, they've certainly got the bowling attack with Kahisa Rabada, Lungi and Giri. Tarabirai Shanzi is one of the best white ball spinners in the world. And they've got Anrich Nokia, who bowls absolute rockets. On these Australian pitches with the... um, with the extra bounce and the extra pace, they could definitely rattle a few batting cages. And then at the top of the order, you've got Quinton de Kock, Reza Hendricks, Aidan Barkram, who's one of the most explosive batters in the world. So they're certainly a dark horse for that group B. You'd say that India are probably the favourites to progress through out of that second group. And that second spot is wide open. And it really wouldn't surprise me to see South Africa get through. Okay, there we go. So South Africa potentially one from outside the market. I think they're around about nine to one if you're you're looking at the bookies. But uh, WBBL is uh, up and about. Sort of most teams have got through three matches in the season thus far. It's all all being broadcast as well. And uh, SEN's very own Andy Marr as well has been calling calling those games as it stands. Perth Scorchers on top of the table, uh, going three from three through uh, its opening three games. The Brisbane Heat three and one. And the uh, Sydney Sixers are three and one, and that rounds out the top three. What have you made of the uh, of the uh, WBBL thus far? The Adelaide Strikers getting the job done over the Sixers today, and uh, Brisbane Heat, uh, as we said, or as I mentioned just before, uh, continuing uh, its winning ways against the against the Renegades. 
Certainly have the poor old Melbourne teams can't seem to catch a break at the minute. At either level. (laughs) Correct, correct. But it really really is the case. The reigning champions, the first torch, is just finding a way to get the job done. The Brisbane Heat, they've continued to get stronger with their um, host of Australian players or should be Australian players. Um, If Georgia Redmayne isn't playing for Australia this summer, I there will be riots in the streets. Like she is, <laughs> she is that good, and the fact that she hasn't played for Australia yet is um, quite ridiculous, actually. But with her, the retirement of Rachel Haynes and, of course, Meg Lanning taking an indefinite break from cricket, there is def- there are definitely a couple of spots there in the top order, and I'd love to see Rach Haynes on the uh, not Rach Haynes. I'd love to see Georgia Redmayne on the plane to India. And, playing for Australia against Pakistan later in the summer. So the Scorchers and the Heat are going off on their merry way. And the Sydney Sixers have definitely bounced back, particularly after the disappointment of last year where they only won a couple of games. And they've really bounced back this year, this season so far. Didn't quite get the job done today against the Adelaide Strikers. They ran into a rampaging Darcy Brown, although Aaron Burns um, all reliable got them got them close towards the end, but their big guns are firing. Elisa Healy, Elise Perry, I know they both didn't make runs today, but they're both featuring quite prominently. Beautiful. Fantastic. All right, there we go. There's the WBBL update. Now, Shield Cricket, uh, we've gone through pretty much two games for for every single state uh, as it stands. And, uh, well, we had a drawn game earlier this week between New South Wales and uh, and Queensland, and we know the the summer of cricket is uh, is only a couple of months away. Uh, people or players would be sort of pushing their way into trying to push their way into the uh, into the Australian team. Who's who's caught your eye to start the uh, to start the um, uh, Shield season thus far from a batting and bowling perspective? Yeah, it's quite interesting, Paolo. I think. It's kind of reminiscent of this the 2016 summer. We've got Peter Hans giving the runs, scoring runs on Fitzroy Street. No, I'm sorry, uh, Junction Oval. <laughs> and you've got Matthew Renshaw back in the runs, making his first double hundred today. So they've both firmly put themselves back into contention for um, Australia, for Australian test spots. I don't necessarily think they're right in the frame for the start of the summer in Australia. Of course, we've got the Windies coming out got South Africa coming out but then there is a tour of India in February and March and of course an Ashes tour in the middle of the year so there is plenty of cricket on the horizon and of course with the extended squads these days there are certainly spots up for grabs and particularly in that middle order I'm looking at Peter Anderson who's made two hundreds now to start the Shield season one big double hundred as well played well over in India last time so I'm definitely looking at him for one of those positions, particularly if the selectors don't really have faith in, in Travis Head in the spinning mm-hmm. conditions. And Matthew Renshaw as well. It's been quite a career for Matthew Renshaw. Oh, has so it ever? Far. Has so it ever? You, should, you, you forget he is only 25. He debuted, when he was, debuted for Australia when he was just 20 years old. He's gone back up to the top of the order this year for Queensland and really staking this flame. And you look at that Australian test team, David Warner's 35, Usman Kawash is 36. Um, they're going to need a couple of new opening batters. Of course, everyone's hoping that Will Pukowski makes it through his troubles and can be that long-term opener. But Matthew Renshaw has definitely had a, had a stint in the Australian team before, gone back, reinvented himself a couple of times now 
a shield level. And I, I think his Australian days are not done and we'll definitely see him again. So he's, he's impressed me. It's um, early Sheffield Shield for it's early rounds of Sheffield Shield season. So that Marcus Paris is making runs at the junction over, which um, just seems to always happen. And although he probably didn't take all the wickets, he would have liked to, but it was great to see Joe Richardson bowling again with the red ball. Hadn't, hadn't played a first-class game since that Ashes test at the Adelaide Oval where he bowled magnificently with pink balls. So great to see him back running in, bowling bowling quick. So just reminding everyone that for all the Scott Boland heroics and the Josh Hazelwood um, metronomic length and just how good he is at Test Match Cricket, that Jai Richardson is still there and could be a factor come the middle of the year when it comes to picking that Ashes squad and needing the natural swing and vari- variation bowls. Absolutely. And uh, with that, uh, we'll wrap it up there. But John, a uh, fantastic job uh, covering covering all things cricket. Uh, get excited. T20 World Cup uh, Super 12 from an official perspective is underway tomorrow. Australia versus New Zealand at the SCG. Uh, a quick little tip before we uh, before we head off. Uh, who wins and uh who wins and why in that game tomorrow? I'm, I'm hoping, I'm sure you'll pick Australia, won't you? Or maybe the value lies with New Zealand. I don't know. <laughs> uh, New Zealand haven't won a game of cricket in Australia since 2011 in any format. Lost, haven't so they I'm really? Sti- is that is that right? That is 100% wow. right. Yeah, so I'm going with Australia um, through and through. I think they'll get off to the perfect start. Mate, that's why we've got you on the overnight crowd because you bring us all the info, you bring us all the stats, you bring us all these, all these fantastic numbers, mate. But uh, hopefully the uh, hopefully the green and gold can uh, can get it done tomorrow night, and uh, we will uh, we'll chat to you uh, after these games uh, come through in the T Twenty World Cup, and we'll we'll wrap it all up uh, after the weekend's done, my friend. But uh, pleasure doing it with you, and you can check out all your stuff in a sanctum, all your Twitter feeds as well at John O'Baruk. Search him up, check it all out. Thanks for doing it tonight, mate. Much appreciated. Anytime, mate. Good luck. Thanks very much. Here we go. John Obaduk on the line from the inner sanctum, covering all things cricket for us on the overnight crowd as we prepare for a big T20 World Cup Australia, getting things underway tomorrow night in its campaign to defend its T20 crown against New Zealand from the SCG at 6 p.m. tomorrow night. We'll take a break here on the Overnight Crowd. Take your calls as well. one 736 736 is the number to dial. Ed in Perth, give us a call back. We'll have a chat. We've got uh, Cox Plate coming up tomorrow. I'm sure we want to have a chat about that. But uh, let's get to a break here, and we'll be back right after this. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.